Journey to Truth podcast is brought to you by Omnia Radiation Balancer. Omnia Radiation Balancer is a device that protects against the microwave radiation that we're bombarded with every day uh, from the cell phone towers, Wi-Fi routers, smart meters, all of it. Uh, Tim Sanders, who we've had on a previous podcast, has developed a solution that negates the threat to our vibrational body from these microwaves. Uh, it's a patch that you apply to any radiating device, such as a phone, laptop, uh, like I said, smart meter, microwave, Wi-Fi routers, all of it. It's proven to reduce DNA damage, uh, reduce stress, headaches, anxiety. It helps improve blood circulation, immune system function, energy levels, sleep quality. Uh, there's a, a whole laundry list of stuff it does. Uh, for more information and to purchase one of these patches, click the link below at omniaradiationbalancer.com. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Thanks for watching. Hey, you're listening to Journey to Truth podcast. Tonight we have on Jean Broida, aka Lightworker 111. She's an author, a presenter, an investigative reporter. She is author of Unknown Objects. See if I can get this on camera here. Uh, the top 10 US UFO cases. I have not read it. Aaron has, and we'll get his feedback on it here in just a minute. It's really good. It's yep. really good. It's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's my feedback. So, and, and Jean is also a local, local here to St. Louis. So it's really cool when we run into people who are local because going through this awakening, I thought I was alone. There was no one else in That's what it. I thought. Exactly. Until I met you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's really cool. And, and you know, the, the reason I found you and I found him is because we start speaking our truth. And once you do that, you draw the people who belong in your life and the things that belong in your life. Uh, so we're grateful to have you on and have somebody here in St. Louis we can talk to about this stuff. So uh, thanks for coming on. How's it going? Well, the pleasure guys? is all mine. Thank yeah. you guys for having me, for tolerating me. Absolutely, Absolutely, yes. Uh, I want to start off by addressing the fires in Australia because I know so many people are asking, to, asking for everyone to get together, unite, send their prayers, send healing, send energy. So if you're listening to this, uh, you know, talk to your guides, have your guides, get their friends and have, send them all over there and pray for some rain and, uh, and, and the animals and everybody who's, uh, who's being affected by this. So I just want to acknowledge that. Indeed. So tragic losses occurring, incredible happenings. New Year's Eve, I was on a radio show to ring in the new year in the United States and the mother of one of the co-producers came in as a guest. She lives in Australia. Not only is Australia experiencing a heat wave, she was speaking in Celsius temperature. So I converted it on the fly on my website to nice. uh, Fahrenheit. So they were, the ambient temperature outside was 112 degrees. Well, I've lived in the Southwest desert of the United States, which is dry, but it easily gets that high and even higher. Uh, 115, 120 isn't that uncommon in, in the summer season. Of course, it's summer down there south of the equator. But these wildfires have raised the temperature in many places above the ambient temperature, as you would expect. She said the country is on fire. Oh, absolutely. If, if you look at it the is. satellite image of it, 
it, it's just the whole thing is glowing. It, it is literally glowing, especially the outer perimeter, you know. The global warmists are claiming that it that Australia had it coming because Australia has not embraced the Paris Climate Accord and some of the other UN driven initiatives that are using bad science to promote a fiction of global warming. There may be global warming, but not in the style of the United Nations, which is talking about extinction type events in the very near future. This drum has been beaten for the last 50 years and I'm not exaggerating. I've covered an article and anybody can find this, Earth Day predictions that didn't come true. And this all started with an Al Gore book and movie marketing campaign. (laughs) Oh yeah. And others wanting to make money off of alarming the public about climate change, which I'm not denying that climate change happens. What I'm saying is that it doesn't necessarily happen in, in the way they are saying. And Australia is suffering from political forces that aren't getting any mainstream treatment at all. And I'm citing now a YouTube video that I watched recently and have been posting like crazy on social media There's a gentleman who lives in Australia who has stitched together a very compelling narrative. And bear in mind, I'm a skeptical researcher. I don't take anything at at face value. I want to see some corroboration. This guy has complete documentation and citation for the case that he makes that for years now, the Australian government has colluded with big corporations in Australia to dam up water waterways in Australia. These are private dams owned by private corporations funded by the taxpayers, by the public taxpayers, which is wrong. The dams are holding water that otherwise would have coursed into the streams and rivers, rivers and streams. And because they haven't been allowed to do that, the waters haven't been able to flow. The earth of Australia has been drying out the earth and the brush, everything's in a drought condition, severe drought. So it's a tinder, it's a tinder box. Now we're reading that hundreds of people have been setting these fires, that there's an arson component. Well, who would stand to gain? Who would do such a thing? Who would destroy a continent by fire? That's like a biblical thing. And I'm no Bible student, but it sounds biblical to me. What little I do know about the Bible, it sounds very biblical to me. And not just biblical, many civilizations talk about wiping, being wiped out, large groups of people being wiped out by plague and pestilence and fire and brimstone and all these horrible things, flood, right? So who would stand a profit from torching Australia? What do you guys think? Uh, I have an opinion, and this guy on the video has an opinion, but what? who would stand to gain? The cabal, the globalists. Yeah, the deep state cabal, globalists, Whatever you want to, call them. Uh, to fuel their agenda for the doomsday timeline, I should say. And, and there's an interesting point about those fires. I saw a uh, satellite image, satellite footage of, of uh, uh, Australia. It was a live feed. The feed was cut it lot it cut out for an hour and a half and then when it came back the fires had this amplified by like 
10 times. It was just insane. And there was somebody, there was actually footage that was shown that actually captured that missing time. And it, there was some type of, it almost looked like it was being sprayed with aerosol. Like it, I was just about to tie in chemtrails yeah, to was, this yeah, narrative and you beat was, me to it. Congratulations. <laughs> Go ahead. There was something being sprayed. In, in, An aerosol accelerant. Yeah, there's, and there's, that's what's in chemtrails. These, uh, I'm sorry, but these, I get excited. Aluminum <laughs> is flammable. The things that people don't think of as flammable are actually highly flammable in their particulate form when they're particles, tiny particles that are sprayed and dispersed yeah. through the atmosphere and they settle. These are metals, so they will settle down. It may, they may be wafted by wind currents for a while, for a good long while. They may travel great distances, but sooner or later, something's gonna bring them down onto the land or the seas and there they are polluting. And there's plenty of evidence that things are in, a, in soil and water that shouldn't ought to be there. Sure, and yeah. that these are fu also fueling the raging California fires and lesser publicized fires in Wyoming and other Northwestern states of the United States. And I wouldn't be surprised if they could be traced to fires all around the world. And the idea is, one idea is to punish countries that aren't in step with the United Nations Agenda 2030 now. We had previous versions of this. The timeline keeps getting pushed back as the globalists use sustainability, which is the idea that without it, we are rushing headlong, pell-mell, into utter extinction by our, at our own hands. They're blaming consumers for buying petroleum products as big oil companies have a history, a known history. Of, of buying up patents and killing inventors who stand in the way of big bucks at the gas pumps. Absolutely. So don't blame me, the victim, for causing a problem that isn't even actually a problem, at least not a problem made by CO2 emissions. Yeah. This is cuckoo. It's just nonsense. And there are tens of thousands of scientists, real scientists, and by the way, I consider myself a real scientist. I have a master's of science degree. What do you want from me? <laughs> but scientists in laboratories and doing research, I'm, my background is computer science, not weather science or climate science. By the way, they're not the same. We can get back to that if we want to. But scientists in labs, publishing who are current and mainstream and topical and if not renowned re well regarded by their peers which is important in these industries and fields peer recognition is very important they're credible in other words credible scientists are saying in in by scores by tens of thousands global warming as put forth by the united nations and all of its subsidiary organizations down to local governments is a crock it's bad science. It's bad propaganda being used. You know, look at, I hate to say her name, the, and I'm not going to say her name because the name has power. The word has power. The girl in pigtails with, yeah. the, with the foreign accent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm from America, so sue me. To me, it's a foreign accent. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. She was named Times Person of the Year, and there's many youth if you want a youthful person of the year there are many youthful inventors there's the young man who i think he was he was either 16 or 18 years old came up with the idea to basically strain the oceans in a way he had uh, armatures with with scoops that would scoop collect 
plastic out of the oceans in these garbage pail dumps, these circular spiraling garbage dumps that collections, you know what I'm talking about in the oceans? Yeah. Yeah. And then another inventor, a woman has come up, she's an undergraduate in college, has come up with a chemical way, chemistry person, chemical way to biodegrade plastics, which otherwise take 20 to 50 years or never biodegrade, actually. Uh, they reduce to tiny particles, but the particles don't degrade. So you get these microplastics in the seas. Big problem for marine life, eating microplastics. Cut these things open and you find an assortment of gross things inside sea life. It's yeah. bad yeah. news bears. On the plus side, see, I don't like to boo-hoo without having some positive news too. On the plus side, I just wrote an article today about about uh, a Thai company, a Thai grocery store, packaging fresh produce in banana leaves mm -hmm. wrapped with bamboo stalk ties instead of pla plastic wrap that gets used once, once and then tossed, keeping that out of landfills. Yeah, this is all very good light work in my view. So uh, absolutely. Yes. And okay. talk more about the fires if you want to, because I got us rather away from the topic. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was all, no, all I wanted, all, all I wanted to do, and it was all great. You're very knowledgeable on a lot of subjects. Actually, reading your bio, you have quite the resume. So, uh, it, and just from being around you at the meetings and stuff, uh, it's, it's you read uh, my bio. I'm, <laughs> who does that? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Read our Thank you. Bios. Thank you yeah. for the honor of reading my bio. So. Um, what I wanted to uh, touch on with the fires was just, I just wanted to, well, you got into everything I wanted to touch on, but I wanted to acknowledge the people and the animals that are suffering and just make sure we send them some prayers and some energy, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and actual relief. Yeah. Green energy, we used to call it at rainbow gatherings. Green energy, that's money. It's green in the United States. I do realize that other currencies in the world are different colors. And uh, people need help. Help any way you can. Absolutely. Certainly there is positivity in prayer, well demonstrated. Intention, yeah, as well. That's correct. Uh, so but don't buy the blame game that Australia's to, at fault for these fires oh, or that and now, as for arsonists, certainly somebody lighting a match and torching dry timber is culpable, but corporations and governments that conspire and collude to defraud consumers, they're defrauding consumers of much needed water and torture the land, Mother Earth, this is deplorable. Mm -hmm. And critics of the Australian government call it corrupt. I haven't researched this topic enough to have a personal opinion. I can only relay what other people think. In any country, some people are going to be dissatisfied with government. But if my government set the conditions to allow my whole country to go up in flames, and is that actually, I, I would be very upset. And is that in fact what is happening in the United States, especially in the forested areas? Mm -hmm. Is that what's going on in California and Wyoming and these other, uh, these other, mostly forest lands as a national forest lands. So that's what's going down. Yeah. You can't help but to wonder and definitely speculate. That. Well, and then there's the direct energy weapons that there was a lot of proof of in the California fires, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. There yeah. were, I mean, there were cars melted. There were uh, trees. There were like 
Yeah, yeah, I, I wrote about this too. I've written extensively on the California the fires, wildfires yeah, and the do and the do tie-in, the directed energy weapons do, do like do on grass. Yeah. Uh, where, as you said, there were uh, one neighborhood was Paradise, California. Yeah, yes. Little town wiped out. They wiped it out. Yeah. For first thing to note, this land is located on a site that California government, well, globalists, wanted to basically raise, flatten, remove the homes, and put in stack-and-pack housing. Stack-and-pack is uh, new villaging. Not a bad idea on the surface, but remember, it's driven by globalists. So stack-and-pack, the idea is herd people in from lightly populated areas and pack them in apartment housing and stack them so that they're easier to control by policing and take away automobiles, give them public transportation. Yeah. You know, again, these are good green initiatives, but most green and smart initiatives come from the United Nations. It's a code. These are code words or so many conspiracy theorists believe, and I'm a conspiracy theorist and proud of it. So in California at, at uh, Paradise, what, what was well documented in video and also well commented on by professional firefighters, these were not normal fires. They burned super hot yeah. To the point where we saw effects like we saw at 9-11, the World Trade Towers. We saw dustification. This is a term many people are unfamiliar with. But this is where at 9-11, steel beams literally turned into powder or dust as they fell from the top of the tower. And again, there is video showing this very clearly. This is not kakamimi. BS. Yeah. This is the real deal. If you have eyes to see, you may draw your own conclusions. You don't have to listen to physicists or pundits saying it's physically impossible. It's happening before my very eyes. Okay? Sure. So I'm not going to argue with that. We can argue about what's causing it. We can debate that. I don't even like to argue. I'd rather debate in a civil fashion and present all sides and make a reasonable conclusion if we can. But these homes in, in paradise had no plumbing the porcelain was gone and we and that was also noted at the world trade centers there were something like three thousand and more toilets installed at the world trade center we know this from the building plans okay it's easy to find this stuff out in a typical residence you'll have one two or three toilets at a minimum you expect to find at least one porcelain I found out through research, I'm a geek. So I researched what is the melting point of steel? And what is the melting point of other things you'd find in a house? And what is the melting point of porcelain? Well, it turns out porcelain melts at a much higher temperature than steel. It's kind of counterintuitive. We don't think of porcelain as being fire resistant, but it is, it melts at over 3000 degrees Fahrenheit. Steel melts at about 1200 if memory serves, 1200 to 1500 degrees. So at half the temperature. In, Pal in Paradise, I keep wanting to call it Palisades. Well, that's a city in Colorado. Paradise, California, no, no porcelain, no sinks, no toilets, no bathtubs, nothing. Dust, no appliances, dust. Maybe some twisted metal tubing and onto it. Yeah. Then outside the homes, 
the automobiles, aluminum wheel, what do you call it, hubcaps, aluminum hubcaps, melted away. Mm -hmm. Well, aluminum has a, a low melting point when we're talking about metals. It, it's, it melts easily, okay? But the windshield glass, basically, or other elements of the car left intact, counterintuitive, not what you would think or expect from a purely physics point of view. And then what you were saying, Aaron, outside the building, shrubs and trees, trees. standing exactly. green. Exactly. Not yeah. even scorched. How, did, how do houses burn down and all the trees surrounding it? And there's, and there's, fine. For, there's video footage and photographs Photo, of this. There's all it, kinds of photos. It's indisputable. Video. It's really um, hilarious. And with Paradise, yeah. David Wilcock was saying I was going to get into that. Right? Yeah, well, he was saying, well, first I'll say what he said about the fires that they started so quickly and were raging so fast that so many people died in paradise because they couldn't get out fast enough. It's like, tragic. There was no warning because it just started up immediately. Well, that that's not normal for, yeah. like they would have seen it coming, you know, they would have been able to evacuate. Sure. Normal. Yes. Even yes. if it did start nearby, like they, it wouldn't have spread that quickly to where like yeah. everyone, did anyone survive in the town? Well, like, I think I don't know, some, but. but I do want to bring another point in that he mentioned, which is getting out there. But allegedly, there is an extraterrestrial race of beings living in paradise, underground and above ground. And they got to the underground bases through their homes. They were very human-like. They could walk around. That would around. make sense, yeah. Very human-like, and they could walk around, and you wouldn't know it. But they're more muscular. There were some specific features about them. But uh, allegedly, these... Uh, these ETs were going to play a huge role in the in disclosure. They were going to be one of the first races to show themselves. Well, obviously, this went against their agenda. So this this is another theory on why Paradise was targeted specifically. Interesting. There was also film. I know you saw it. A video of of fire in a. It was a, one of the big box department stores, I forget which one, with a parking lot. But basically the fire was isolated by blacktop and there was burning on the other side of a highway. They would have us believe that this big fire jumped the highway without scorching any trees along the path. And that's hard to believe. Now we know that fire travels through the air, sparks are blown, it's, it's a known hazard. But firefighters were saying that the again going back to what Aaron was talking about the, and and well both of you Tyler and Aaron talking about the rapidity of this how fast it came and there were other odd weather conditions noted by people in California not just Paradise but many regions were were torched severely and people commented on an electrostatic charge in the air that was freaky, unusual, hours that. before the fire, that maybe Santa Ana-like winds, high winds kicked up and propelled this fire. There's also reports that fire responders were forced to delay their responding by government agencies. Now, I haven't researched that. I can't give you actual ironclad citations, but anyone interested can do this research themselves I'm a big advocate for 
amateur research. So what if you don't have a science degree? So what if you don't have a college degree or a high school degree? Doesn't mean you can't think. And when you think and do research and find verification in multiple places, I like to get alternative news substantiated by some mainstream news if I can, but I get into topics and you guys get into topics and a lot of viewers get into topics that are taboo. They're off limits to the mainstream and they'll never appear in mainstream. It's up to us to report this news. Absolutely. Bravo. Yes. Well said. Well said. So we got deep into the fires, which is fantastic. And I don't, if you have more to speak on it, please do. But I did want to get into your book as well, because I had a couple of questions about it. Well, I I do think we should close the the topic of Australian fires with one last heartfelt prayer for relief at every level, physical and metaphysical, to anyone affected by these fires. Tragic in its proportion, if nothing else. Absolutely. Prayers to anyone afflicted by these fires. And shame on those who have helped bring them into being. Right. I say shame. And, and just imagining rainfall, from my understanding, our imagination is more powerful than we imagine. there's there's power and thought in the word and i and i believe that australia has had some relieving rain that was another thing that this video covered which is by the way called i want to cite this it's called drought by design the genociding of australia so the first word is drought d-r-o-u-g-h-t it's a toughie even for english speakers drought uh drought by design this guy really gets into it. He's living there. He's a native Australian. How a conspiracy has been put forward onto the Australians to their detriment. And, and I cry shenanigans. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Do your own research, read your own opinions, but don't buy everything at face value when you see the mainstream news. There's usually a subtext that you want to pay attention to while they're saying, pay attention here, something else is going on over here. That's even more important that they don't want you knowing about. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so bad that you can almost get an idea of the truth by the opposite of what they're saying. I know. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Exactly. It's so bad that whatever the mainstream is saying and and especially whatever they're strongly pushing, uh, do your research on the opposite of that. And that's usually where the truth is. <laughs> right. And, and in the case of Australia, right now, the media, mainstream media, is focusing attention on hundreds of arsonists. While there, yeah. may, be, while there may be good and sound truth to that, I smell a subplot. Yeah. The conspiracy theorist in me says there's more to this story than meets the eye. And I'm not going to see it in this mainstream reporting. Therefore, I want to go to this guy who's publishing drought by design the genociding of australia and hear him out i don't have to agree with everything he says i'm going to question authority i'm going to question this guy as an authority as as an insider okay that's my right but i encourage everyone to think freely and start doing your own research absolutely amen absolutely and start research start your own research by reading this book it's called unknown objects (laughs) <laughs> the top 10 U.S. UFOs. Nice segue. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, so, actually, I wanted to hear 
first, I wanted to hear Aaron, if you want to give a little live review here of the book, because uh, I know he was raving about it. So. Yeah, well, it's just a really good book for, in my opinion, for anyone who's new to the subject or ha doesn't know anything. Um, it's a very good starter book for that, in my opinion, um, because it, it just goes over the, the top, what's in the title, the top 10 US, US UFO cases. I mean, well, you were talking about how the book was broke, how it was segmented up and how you liked it. You could just kind of jump around. And, yeah. 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 Well, um, each chapter just deals with one case and it'll you go into uh, here. Let me. So oh, this is right. this is an historical storybook. History is stories. Yes. And they're not just histories. We got her story, too. But it, it's interesting in. In, uf in ufology, the study of UFO UFOs, unidentified flying objects, the, the principal players are men and, and a lot of white men. And I love white men, but I'm just saying that in the United States, certainly the, the, this play is dominated by white men in the cast, okay? Yeah. So what I did was start with the not the first case in the United States, but the first case that reached public consciousness. And that was when World War II pilots and radio operators came home with stories of strange lights in the sky. And many people in the audience already know I'm talking about Foo Fighters. So chapter one, Foo Fighters, a phenomenon that arose in the United States after World War II. For those of you who are not ardent history buffs, that happened in June of 1945. So from, uh, from 1945 to 1947 or so, uh, airmen came home and they talked about Foo Fighters, especially when they'd had a few drinks at the local bar. They were reluctant to talk about this because they would be ridiculed and disrespected by their peers, made fun of. Then chapter by chapter, I link how consciousness is being molded, public opinion is being molded, case after case after case, and we get up to chapter 10, The Phoenix Lights, which was 1997. So all of, this, all of these cases are so last century. And some people have looked at my book and said, I wish you had done modern stories, modern cases. Well, there's plenty of room there's... for more top 10 cases. Yeah. I had hoped the title would be provocative by using the word the, instead of A, uh, unknown yeah. objects, a collection of top 10 or something along that line, no, the top 10, because I wanted to provoke some conversations along the lines oh. of, why didn't you include Cape Girardeau in Missouri, well, which was one, actually 1941? Yeah, I know about that one. That's, well, that's a lesser known one, because you did cover all the most popular, the most well-known ones, for sure. I did, and I tried to, yeah. and that's really what I wanted to do with this, my first book an easy read. It was supposed to be an airport read, 10 chapters, 10 pages, but it's a nice quick read. Yeah. I, uh, I do go on admittedly, which makes <laughs> me as a, a great guest for a radio show, but sometimes a difficult read. And that's what I wanted to ask you, Aaron, did you find my book a difficult read? No, no, it was a very easy read in my opinion. Um, good, good. And that's one of the things I loved about it. Cause I'm like, I could give this book to, almost anyone it's a primer really, it's an yeah. introduction to the topic exactly but, exactly and it's an easy read and it just clearly goes through the story of 
of what happened and why. And I like right. how you put why it's important on each. Every each chapter, chapter I divided, because uh, this is uh, how I roll. I'm, I'm uber yeah. organized. And I thought how, in fact, I, this, the format of my book was basically a download. Although I've only recently begun to use this term. I call it inspiration, but now people are calling it downloading. Okay, fine. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. The idea came to me overnight. I wouldn't say in a dream, but often I wake up in the morning with ideas. My subconscious has been churning on things. And I knew I wanted to get a book out. And I started planning a book. And I'd written part of a book. And then the format came to me. And as soon as I had the outline, 10 chapters, 10 pages, with, and then dividing every chapter into the story, telling the story is what everybody wants to hear. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves a good story and a good story can be told again and again and again. Kids especially love to hear the same story over and over and over. And the more animated it is, the more you play parts, the better it is. Right? So this is how I try to write stories. Really interesting to engage the reader from the get go. Otherwise it's not a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I tell the story and then I look at the observers who, who were the witnesses and then how credible are these witnesses? When we're talking about trained observers from the military branches, they're pretty darn credible. If we're talking about a couple sitting on their porch of a farmhouse out in Kansas or wherever, they, we might think they're less credible because they're not trained observers, but if they make a habit of sitting on their porch and they're very familiar with the night sky especially, they might be very credible in terms of that's something that really doesn't belong up there. That wasn't yeah. there last night or the night before, and and it wasn't there a year ago. And you see what I'm saying? That yeah. when I look at credibility, I factor in a lot of things, not merely what you did as your career or what your degrees might be if you went to school. Okay, which is what looking a lot for of context. Bunkers like to use that as, oh well, they're not a this or that so you can't take their word for it exactly amateur yeah. reporting not to be oh. not to be acknowledged as valid and, and i can buy into some of that i'm very skeptical of any imaging it doesn't mean because i it use photoshop yeah and i know that you can get down to the pixel level the pixel is the smallest unit in a digital image mm -hmm. and you can manipulate it you can edit it yeah. so i can take a white pixel and turn it black or any other color Mm -hmm. And I can super, I can cut out somebody's head and put it on not only a static image, which people goof around with, right, to joke yeah. around with and make memes. There's technology now, and I'm sure it's no surprise to you guys and many people listening, that this can be done in video now too. Oh, so yeah. you can superimpose somebody's head and use computer imaging, digital DG, yeah. digital DG, uh, yeah. graphics mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Uh, simulate movement as well. So instead of like a uh, cartoony cutout, which the body's twisting and moving, but the head is flat, you know, the face is flat and doesn't move. Now they have it to where facial expressions and eye movement and mouth movement and all this gesture can be digitally added to well, make I, you think you're yeah. seeing somebody, but it's somebody else. This well, is crazy I, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I've, I've said, to me, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I've said so much Deceptive. recently Sorry. that um, that even if even if I went out to my backyard right now and there was a UFO landed, a craft sitting there that I could walk up and touch and photograph and get video of, 
people would still discredit that video because of the technology we have. Even I would, if I saw a video mm -hmm. like that, I'd be like, there's no way this is real. You know, you can't, video isn't even evidence anymore. Well, but even that, there are uh, ways, there are professionals that can, yeah. uh, can analyze a video, like Jason Gleaves is one who analyzes a lot of James Gillan and yeah. videos from study and other, and other people in the UFO field. And he'll, he'll well, do like all this yeah. stuff to like determine whether it's- I shouldn't say that. Yes, there are very, imaging experts who can- yeah, who, images assign basically percentages of probability to whether yeah, some still not footage is authentic or fabricated. The fakes generally leap forward. Yeah. It's when something is starting to look actual and genuine that it becomes really harder, I think, to determine with absolute definitive certainty. But all these points are very well taken, which is why when I evaluate observers, I take a metaphysical approach as well. I go with my gut. I have a psychology degree. I've been interested in human nature since I was a child. Why do people do what they do? You know, what makes them tick? What makes me tick? Mm -hmm. So in my book, and back to that, I've, I thought after telling the story, let's look at who are the subjects of this story? So in the case of Kenneth Arnold, chapter two, Kenneth Arnold, a private pilot, who had logged many, many hundreds of air hours in his private plane looking for a downed marine aircraft because there was a bounty to find it. He was motivated by money to go looking for this aircraft and he spotted a fleet of nine objects glinting in the sunlight. He thought at first was a flock of geese, but at 4,000 feet around, around, around Mount Rainier in Washington, highly unlikely. He, he too was a skeptic. And he clocked these, these objects, whatever they were, going very, very fast. And when I listened to his radio interview the next day, I think it was ABC Radio, but don't quote me on that. You can find it on YouTube. Kenneth Arnold was interviewed the next day after his July sighting, which happened, I'm sorry, late June sighting. It happened two weeks before Roswell, people. Oh, yeah. Okay? So two weeks before Roswell, this guy's saying on radio, national broadcast, that he saw UFOs. <clears throat> and from his report, a Chicago newspaper quoted him inaccurately. He had described the motion of these things in formation as jumping and skipping as if they'd been stones or saucers skipped over water. Sure. In other words, they were in formation, but they, he also compared this formation to the tail of a Chinese kite. So I went and researched what does that look like? Chinese kites are different from American kites because many of them have a flat kite main portion and then they have elaborate tails that are some shape that is repeated and segmented. So it comes, it trails behind and they'll do a dragon that way. They have a head of a dragon and then pieces that come off the back that articulate and look like a tail. So in other words, they follow the leader. If the leader is dragged by an air current, popped up by an air current, the tail sections one at a time will also pop up. And so it's, you know, it's hard to, to imagine, to visualize from somebody's verbal telling of what they saw, what they saw, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Kenneth Arnold is describing what he saw and he's making comparisons, but they're only comparisons. We can't know what he actually saw, exactly. which yeah. fascinates me, okay, as a psychologist. Yeah. How can we interpret what he saw? He's doing his best. These things look like the tail, they, they acted like the tail of a Chinese kite in formation as if they were attached to each other is how I interpret that. And, and had a lag also maybe in terms of how they, they didn't all change at once. Maybe they did. He wasn't for sure about that. He, he didn't precise it during the interview. But his level of excitement, the detail of what he was telling, it could be a hoax. I'm not saying it wasn't a hoax or couldn't be a hoax. I'm saying he sounded genuine to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what we can, that's what you have to go by. So. So then I looked at the publicity in each one of these 10 cases, these top 10 US UFO cases of unknown objects, a coin, a term coined by the military uh, at the time of the Foo Fighters in chapter one, before other names have arisen in subsequently, most popularly UFOs. That's on the way out now though. They want unidentified aerial and unmanned craft and things right. like this so that we think they're all drones or human-made craft. That's the new partial disclosure cover-up yeah. is that there are no aliens they're that built these things. Smart. It's all made by really smart humans. Well, yeah. Uh, nope. So I look at the publicity. What did the media do with these stories? And it's, and, and, and it's remarkable when you see media treatment from the 1940s, 1950s to even before year 2000, because this, in my opinion, this alleged, I allege, I personally allege based on my research that the CIA and other federal organizations tasked with covering things up and eliminating people who get in the way of covering things up, mm -hmm. took it upon themselves to squelch any popular reporting and dictate the official narrative. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. This is very popular in ufology. So I look at the media, what did they do? Was there any coverage? And if so, what was its tone? And how did people respond to that coverage? And then I talk about why is this case important enough to be in this book of top 10, you know, the top 10 US UFO cases? How, how does it rate? And other cases don't. And then finally, I have some closing remarks that where I get to editorialize a bit, I try not to editorialize while up to that point. I try not to throw in my own personal view, but I reserve that last little section on closing remarks. Here's how I interpret this, and here's my take on it as Lightworker 111. Now we've set the stage for the next chapter, and here we go. Awesome, awesome. And I think that makes a good story. I'm glad that you agree, Aaron. Yeah, no, it's, it's great because I'm just, I'm reading this. I'm just like, so few people know. I mean, most people have heard of Roswell and maybe one or two others that they've heard of, but they don't know the details. They've just maybe heard it once or twice. Something maybe, went down in Roswell. Yeah. And, 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 and everything they have heard is usually, oh yeah, that was debunked. It was a weather balloon. It was. This. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. There's nothing there. And even seasoned investigators will find things they don't know. Well, Probably, I, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, my book. No, I found but, but the opposite has also been well. true. I quoted people in the, I have a uh, chapter on cattle mutilations, bloodless cattle mutilations, which is what made yeah. Linda Moulton Howe's career. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's continuing to be a leader in high strangeness research. But uh, I quoted several other people before getting into Lin Linda Moulton Howe's extensive 
research, extensive. I saved the best for last, if you will. I, I don't want to say the best. That, that's disrespectful to other people doing this research. There's no best and worst. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe is prolific. Let's just put it to you that way. And she's very well known. So I saved her for the end of that chapter, not what you might expect at the beginning. And I want to give weaker voices, if you will, lesser heard voices, a chance to come forth with their equally valid research. That's the point I'm trying to make here. So one of these lesser known voices happens to be the brother of uh, the woman who runs the St. Louis MUFON chapter. MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network for people who aren't familiar with that organization. It's a top, it's one of the two main United States organizations where people who see UFOs can report their sighting. MUFON. So she she has been leading the MUFON chapter in St. Louis for years, and she's great. She does a lot of other stuff. She's a remarkable woman and UFO researcher. She has a brother who's apparently equally remarkable, got into the bloodless animal mutilation story to the point where I'm quoting him in my book. They have different last names. I didn't put it together. She comes up to me and says, I read your book. And, he, and you've quoted my brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, that was really validating. We, yeah, we met her at uh, the MUFON meeting. Well, I've known her for well, a couple well, of years. Well, yeah, that's Debbie her. Ziegelmeyer. Oh, Debbie, you rock. Yeah. And uh, at that rocks. meeting, Chuck um, Skyped in. Chuck Zukowski, what is his name? Zukowski. 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 Yeah. yeah, he Skyped Chuck, in yeah. and told us about his show, Alien Highway. He was talking about Alien Highway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Double thumbs up. It's yeah. a great show. I actually, I went after that and went and watched it. And it's so you, yes. so you touched on Roswell in that book. Now I just was, I've been doing some reading. Uh, so there was two UFOs that went down at Roswell, allegedly. At least. Yeah. At least. So from this, I'm pretty certain at least two, but I know two. One wasn't, was discovered immediately and taken to Roswell. The other one wasn't discovered until, Two years later, in 1949, uh, by some ranchers, they didn't, they didn't have it. They didn't know exactly where it was down, so they found it two years later. And then miles that, away, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Miles that, away. Yeah, and that uh, that wreckage was taken to the Sandia, the Albuquerque base. Uh, so I just that was interesting to me. There was bodies in both of them. The first one, there was one live body. So, I mean, this is old news, obviously. Yeah. But the, the second one. I don't think a lot of people realize that there was two or more crafts. I, I believe you're right. Balloons, yeah. we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, for viewers who aren't familiar with the Roswell story. Well, I think everybody is. <laughs> the military issued a press release after a rancher called the sheriff who called who I suppose called in the military. Uh, a rancher had called the sheriff and and at about the same time, the sheriff had received a newswire from the military. That's how it went down. The military had issued a press release that a, a UFO had been downed in the area. Flying saucer. And so the locals picked up on it and the local newspaper picked up on it. The Roswell record picked up on it and published stories about UFO crashes. And you can find these headlines in these stories in the historical record. The next day, propaganda was released by the US military, the Air Force, Force. showing Corso and Ramey 
holding, kneeling down in front of the actual wreckage of a weather balloon, a high, a high altitude weather balloon under a project called Mogul, M-O-G-U-L, if you want to look it up. And General Ramey, as I recall, is the one holding in his hand a memo. And at the time, technology was not digital. The photograph was not a digital photograph. It was made on emulsion, emulsion film. But with digital techniques, some of the some people are trying to figure out what is printed on that memo. And it's very interesting to run down this rabbit hole because some people have picked out parts of words or sentences, and it really looks like this memo is directing Ramey to get out there and put on a good show. Yeah. And cover this thing up. Sure. And I will leave researchers to their own conclusions. I'm not saying it was or wasn't. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying it was. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely a cover. So what what I've recently been I just I just found out too during during this whole time. So anytime that that uh UFOs do get uh acknowledgement by the mainstream, even up to today, it's part of a program called the continuing public acclamation program this is a government program so they 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 are they have to by in accordance to this program acclimate the public by slowly releasing real stuff and you know that's what we're seeing even till the even up to today with this navy stuff and, and navy pilots I, I just think it's interesting i didn't realize it was an actual it was an actual government program to continue I didn't public. either. I never heard of that. Thanks for sharing. Continue. See, it's this kind of esoterica that I love. Yeah. So the continuing yeah. public acclimation program. So that would make sense why every once in a while, all of a sudden there's a report. Or we and, get, and get something the, from the mainstream. Yeah. What's going on with that program now, based on what we're seeing in mainstream news, and we touched on it earlier, what we're seeing with the Navy pilots. So as a researcher on UFO topics and, and many other topics as well, I cover health, futurism, technology, survivalism, prepping. I'll, uh, I cover anything I like basically and, and everything interests me. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry, what we were talking about, I just put my thought train <laughs> totally derailed. You're talking about the Navy pilots. The yeah, Navy. the Navy pilots, thank you so much. Navy pilots, my brain gets a little fried sometimes with all these thoughts, oh, but Navy pilots. Uh, okay, as a psychology person, I know it must be stressful to keep a secret your whole career, your whole life. And we're seeing deathbed disclosure yeah. from people who had yeah. personal contact with UFO stuff, okay. So Navy pilots. So these Navy pilot, yeah. these Navy pilots were under all this stress because they've been they've had to sign documents not to reveal what they know, or they won't they wouldn't be tempted just because of the ridicule and possibly losing their jobs. But uh, in my opinion, and this is unsubstantiated, but my hunch, if you will, is that performance is suffering in the armed forces. Among, especially amongst Navy pilots who are witnessing UFOs and can't talk about it. And that finally they had enough. And some of them said, I'm going to blow the whistle because it's not worth my sanity anymore. And I think this truth is so important. It has to come out to the people. And so they're disclosing when they're not on their deathbeds. And a deal has to have been struck mm -hmm. between these military personnel 
and their bosses, their handlers, and their superior officers, that now it's okay, or more okay, to talk about UFOs, you won't summarily be fired from your job, you won't be ridiculed, ridiculed on the nightly news, which used to be the way any UFO topic was introduced on the nightly news with tittering and teeing. There's less of it now. There's still some, but there's less. The Navy pilots are being used, in my opinion, and I've written about this, and I'm not the only one who thinks this. Again, there is a prevailing sense that the Navy pilots are con a convenient way to start a partial government disclosure. Absolutely. Where, yes, they saw UFOs. They saw things that operated at speeds unimaginable to humankind. But here's, here's the cover-up part. Here's that secret program part, the disinformation part. Again, and we again, we talked about this earlier, that these are highly sophisticated craft that have been under, the, under wraps in development for decades by top world governments. And yes, that is true. But those designs were all based on reverse engineering alien craft. And you go look at somebody like Bob Lazar. He's been saying this for decades. And he's not yeah. the only one. Insiders have been coming forward and saying, I worked side by side with aliens. I, and you get used to it. I worked reverse engineering craft. They showed me one or two. It's highly compartmentalized. People don't talk to each other. I was a contractor for six, six months. And then they rotated me out. You know, this is how the government appears to operate. No one has the complete picture. But when you connect the dots, just as you can do with individual pictures, uh, pixels of a computer screen, when you take all these little pixels and put them together like a jigsaw puzzle, now you see a big picture. Yeah. yeah. That's what I love to do. Take the little dots and make them into a meaningful pattern where they interconnect just like a jigsaw puzzle in a meaningful way and see a big picture. And many effective researchers do this. I'm thinking about especially Mike Adams, the health ranger. What a mind for connecting the dots. And he's by no means alone. Many, many excellent researchers do this. In my opinion, it's the hallmark of an excellent researcher. Mm -hmm. Taking all kinds of stray fabric, stray strands, and bringing them together to stitch this nice, coherent, cogent pattern. And then exactly. don't preach about it. Explain it. I could be wrong. I'm mortal, apparently. So I'm yeah. an eternal being in a mortal shell. That's my take on it. Feel free to discuss with me. Don't disrespect me or anybody else. Be civil. But yeah. express yourself. You have the right to your, your opinion just as much as I do. But when you look at government debunking, it has hallmarks. It's easy to spot once yeah. you're looking for it. Once you know that it exists mm -hmm. and you know more or less how it operates, you begin to see, oh, this is what's going on. And I'm looking for that in the Australian wildfires case, yeah. which is not UFO related necessarily, although it might be for all we know. but smells of a conspiracy it, it just smells wrong yeah. it smells rotten yeah it becomes very transparent you can just almost spot it like a red flag i mean it is a red flag but mm -hmm. you can spot it so easily once you know what to look for uh you can almost read a headline and know immediately like okay i know where this is going it pops out immediately once yeah. you've been yeah exactly. doing your research. okay so nice segue now to to the stars academy <laughs> what do you guys think of that outfit? Uh, I think it's a, a total, <laughs> total misinformation campaign. It's a control, it, 
controlled narrative that's going nowhere. Yeah. Absolutely. And now they partnered. Yeah, yeah, they got car, uh, contracts with the U.S. Department of Defense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is a citizens advocacy group. It was how they came out the gate, right? <laughs> a couple of years ago, they're citizen, yeah. citizen advocates, yeah. and they're going to bring truth to the public. They have, they had uh, all this definitive proof, or would soon have definitive within the next six months. Definitive proof. We'll be well, able to show you. Six months came and went. Nothing. Yeah, now it's get, been years. Nothing. Yeah, we get nothing. As usual, the military gets it all, and, and they're busy reverse a, engineering all this stuff. Ah! He's a rock star as our yeah. spokesman. That's not suspicious. And yeah. then, yeah, and it's, all, it's all CIA, DOD. It's all these people in these agencies that have been behind alphabet the, agencies, alphabet agencies that have been behind the cover up forever. That are the people behind you, the Stars Academy. Yeah. If that doesn't send red flags up to people, well, you clearly haven't been. And here's doing another. Research. And here's another thing to think about. So there's this Navy patent we keep hearing about that's that's out. They released it. It's an operable patent. It means this, it's a it's a triangle craft that works. It flies underwater and okay. above water, and this is public knowledge now. You can you can research this. It has been, I guess, declassified. Yeah, yeah. If this, if to the Stars Academy was on top of things, they would be talking. They about would be this. talking nonstop. About they this. are not even touching Silent. this patent, which is the pat. The reason for the patent is to <laughs> make sense of the craft we're going to see roll out with the space force. They're just trying to get us prepared for that. The, the public acclimation program, I guess you could say. But Two to Stars isn't touching that, so it tells you right there. It doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit their narrative because they don't want us to know that stuff. They you know, a lot of everyday people don't understand the significance of forming a space force, a sixth branch of the military. This is huge. This is not unprecedented because we have five other branches of the military, but it's almost unprecedented. It hasn't happened in any recent time. And some people might say it's long overdue, but what is the purpose of a military space force? I mean, most people don't even <laughs> think in those terms. You know, what would yeah. you use a military space force? The glib answer is to protect the United States assets, mostly satellites, from being shot down by lasers operated by hostile nations such as communist China, Russia, that's what the official narrative reads. Uh, and Trump has said we need, well, Trump and his generals have said, we need a space force to protect United States space. But if you think about the nature of space, the politic, the legality of space, or the moon, the moon is being, a lot of people thought we should treat the moon like we treat Antarctica. Antarctica is operated by several collaborative, many collaborative nations, countries that run science stations there. Mm -hmm. So rather than privatize the moon and carve it up for, for national interests, you know, the Chinese have sent probes lately and the Japanese have sent probes to the moon, far side of the moon stuff. Not bright side, far side stuff where the bases are supposed to be, the secret alien bases. What's going on? What's up with that? Trump and the generals of the United States are saying we need a space force to protect laser attacks in space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and who knows what else? I believe that uh, while that is probably very true, 
all of these big lies that we're told have an element of truth. That's how you get people to believe a big lie. You tell a lie that's big enough, long enough, you just keep repeating it and people begin to accept it. It needs to have a kernel of truth really to sell. Okay. Yeah, so here's the right. kernel of truth part. But right. the lie is that the space force is going to be used. I think you guys already are onto this, that the space force will be used to legitimize the existence of UFOs. But again, there are no aliens humans invented them yeah. and you know we have the president of skunk works at lockheed saying and i think it was 1976 on video that anything any average american citizen can imagine in terms of going to the moon going to planets going to the stars you can already do make it 10 times we can do 10 times as much yeah. as that yeah, ben rich yeah yeah ben rich ben yeah. rich and i also have read subsequently that 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 text appeared on closing slides of something like six presentations he gave it's been a little bit misquoted but the essence of it is true yeah all right oh. that that's oh, where boy. that came from Didn't i look i wanted to find that citation to see if, did he really say that yeah you know i'm well, not a snopes exactly i don't think much as well i well, probably shouldn't say topic. what i think is snopes <laughs> yeah. but that's another topic about snopes i don't want to get there i don't want to go yeah. there but yeah. uh well, the I, end I do that, want to verify my sources. Yes, the end of that quote is what's very interesting because the end of that quote, he says, it would take an act of God to get them out of these uh, black projects. So, he, yeah, he says, like, basically, we have unimaginable technology compared to what's in the public. Right. It would take an act of God to get it released because they're all locked up in these secret um, off-the-books projects that no one's supposed to know about. So there's a dot, and another dot is there's when you get dot. the likes of a Donald Rumsfeld saying the day before 9 11, 2001, September 10th, 2001, he's saying, Yeah, a Pentagon, a Pentagon audit has revealed 2.3 trillion dollars unaccountable, not not so much missing, unaccountable. Uh, missing is another term, but the, the technical term is unaccountable. We can't account for it. You don't know where what, it went. What, what that means <laughs> what is that, was. what that really means is that it was never accounted for. Yeah, yeah. And that's because these secret operate, these secret organizations, alphabet organizations, often have charters. I'm thinking specifically of the National Security Council. NSC, which became morphed into the National Security Agency, NSA, which is what we have today, and the CIA, which was its enforcement agency. Okay, so they started out as thugs. I, I'm just going to be speak plainly. The CIA started as thugs to enforce NSC mandates and protocols. Yeah. So, have you ever seen the footage of the? Uh the actual audit, uh, them being, them questioning them where this money went. It's unbelievable. And, and yeah. they, I look, haven't, but you're woman, leading me right to where I was going. Go ahead. This woman repeats herself every single question. She goes, we don't have enough information to answer this question. Oh, I, I, actually, I think I have seen that one. I thought you meant one where they actually did reveal something well, no, meaningful, no. but no. no, I have seen that. And, and w what I want to draw listeners into is the fact that, these organizations were formed with the understanding that their activities would never have to be accounted for. Therefore, decades later, politicians are standing up and officials are standing up saying, government officials are standing up saying, 
this money is unaccounted for. Well, yeah, it was unaccounted for. And, and now it's up to $2.3 trillion. Where was the money spent? It was spent on black operations, of which there are so many. And now we know what some of those were, mm -hmm. including Project Montauk, time travel, and uh, time and space travel with mind control, creating social engineering yeah. super soldiers, this kind of stuff. Uh, also, Russell Targ's ESP program very likely fell into that classification. All kinds of DARPA projects, defense area research advanced projects fell into, and, and I don't think that's the exact acronym, but it's uh, defense spy projects, secret yeah, projects, go. black operations, black ops. That's yeah. where the money went. And look at the careers built on these trillions of dollars. People are getting rich, have gotten and continue to get rich. And I met one of these guys recently. He was an unwitting co-conspirator because a lot of inventors and engineers were set to work on projects without being told what those projects would be used for. And it turned out they were being used for no, no, no good of the American people, for the good of elitists in corporations and government positions to profit and everybody else is just chattel as per the Georgia Guidestones where yeah. basically what is it five out of six of us need to go five keep the population under 500 million yeah right and with uh, yeah. a world population of three billion like that's one in six gets to stay yeah but now it's Seven plus billion. So yes, at the time of the Georgia Geistons, I guess. That, yeah. Well, you can imagine if they, if they got their way uh, and Hillary won, we, they would be trying to get us to that 500 million pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I tend not to, I, I do like to play what if games, but that one's a bit painful for me, <laughs> that particular scenario. Uh, yeah. I mean, also, I don't like to get, I don't like to stay too long in bipartisan politics people who research my work will will find that i am a very polarizing writer i'm paid to be polarizing and i'm paid to represent the moderate to conservative political view but as a libertarian i could easily write the opposing view i can write any view sure. i'm a paid writer i'm a journalist i write uh, journalists write the truth but when I editorialize, I'm paid to editorialize toward the conservative side, and I will do so. I'm happy to do so. I would be equally happy to to slant my views the other way if – If it's truthful. <laughs> if I'm paid. That sounds yeah. so terrible. Well, but I want to make the distinction – I want to draw the distinction between what an author does, because I'm both an author and a writer, between what an author does and what a writer does. An author speaks their own truth and works for themselves, and that's what my book, Unknown Objects, the top 10 UF, U.S. UFO cases, does. It speaks my truth to anybody who reads it. Mm -hmm. But as a writer employed by a company, I have a duty to do what I'm told, basically, and I know that sounds like a cop-out, and it's been used – in the military as well to justify all kinds of horrible actions. But if I don't do what my bosses want, I'll lose my job and I won't get paid. As, as a writer, words have power. And I'm not giving blanket approval of the Republican agenda by any means. I select topics that I agree with, 
and that are being well handled under the current administration. But a lot of these topics were equally well handled under the opposite party's administration historically in the past. Yeah, yeah. A lot of readers don't get that. And I am criticized for having an opinion. Oh, well. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> that's on you. All you have to do is go to our channel and read the comments and the videos. You'll see we all get criticized. I mean, if, if, you're out if, if I'm not chance. stirring some controversy, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I knew I was being effective as a writer, a paid writer. I'm mm -hmm. paid to, to cover somebody else's. I've, I've picked my own topics in categories that are, that are outlined to me. You know, if you're writing for a survival magazine, you write those kinds of articles. If you're writing for a health magazine, you write those kinds of articles. If you're writing for the Daily Conspiracy, which I do, you write those kinds of articles. That's yeah. how I actually started in print, thedailyconspiracy.com. Yeah. I have a lot of work there under Lightworker 111, sure. but a lot of it's political. And if you're not a moderate to conservative thinker, you're not going to like it. I can tell you right now, don't read it. You'll hate it, and you'll hate well, me as the messenger of those tidings, okay? Yes, I can live with that. I'm unhappy, but I can live with it, that everybody doesn't love my work. Yeah, I, I can't think please everybody all the time. Sorry, go the ahead. Whole, the whole politics thing, you know, people need to get over, people need to get over this whole, I'm left, I'm right, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a part of this system, because you, everyone should want the truth. All right, that's and that's what we're about. We don't care about being right or left. We know we know the system's a sham. We know there's truth in it, but we know it gets used for agendas on both sides. It's two wings of the same bird, as you, you hear a lot of people say, um, because they're they're both have controlling elements that are pushing agendas. So look for what is the truth, but you can only do that if you, if you can question everything, do your own research. Don't take any media in mainstream or alternative or anything at face value, take it all in. That means don't dismiss anything because a lot of people, this is what they do. They go, Oh, that came from Fox news. I'm not even going to consider that. Oh, that's, I know. Uh, criticizing the sources. Oh, I get that a lot too. This I get source. That a lot. I'm not even going to consider it. And it's like, well, you're cutting yourself off from information just because you think it's all wrong and all right on this side. Mm -hmm. And it's like that reality doesn't work that way. <laughs> And, and, um, and, a, and my stance is exactly what you said, but also just anti-corrupt, like against the corruption, outing the corruption, corruption because, yeah. because it's, it needs to be exposed. This Disney stuff coming out, these pedophiles, all of this uh, Hollywood in general, we're finding out is just a big pedophile ring. It's been a massive cover-up. Mm -hmm. uh, the, <clears throat> the, obviously the Australia fires, the climate, the agenda, uh, all this stuff is, has been, promoted and pushed by the government for years so it's hard to take a stance except for just being against anything that we've been lied to about yeah, yeah. We're, we're for the truth and we're for lies and corruption being exposed and people need to know what's going on so we can do something about it well so you guys are light workers right oh, yeah absolutely absolutely and what does a light worker do a light in my opinion a light worker sheds light in the dark corners Exactly. So the cockroaches scuttle. Yeah. Beautifully put. That's yep. why I think it's important for whistleblowers to keep blowing. Mm -hmm. I have the highest respect for Edward Snowden, although I, I have to say I've read some interesting 
well, I won't even go there. I have a lot of respect for Edward I've, Snowden. I have a lot of questions. Because <laughs> I do have some I, questions about I like I loved him at first. I've looked at his source I've looked at I've looked at some of the source material that he leaked and it's quite alarming. So I'll, uh, that's what I'll say about Edward yeah, Snowden. Yeah. For um, him to be labeled a traitor by the US government will get my attention. Yeah. For him Julian to flee Assange is uh for sure in my opinion Julian Assange. For, for him to abandon his, I'm still talking about Snowden. I'd oh, love okay. to talk about Assange too. Snowden left his wife, his career, his everything, his life yeah. and his wife and became and went into exile. Just as Assange did, Julian yeah. Assange. I've, I've heard it's pronounced Assange, but who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> these truth tellers are very important to us. And when governments attack truth tellers, it's my opinion, and I advise people to pay attention to those people and make your own decisions, reach your own conclusions. But you guys know, I'm sure, that the country of Australia, which is now being pounded by wildfires, one, I want to say, one parliamentarian, I think is what they have over there. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but a, a member of their parliament raised a hue and cry against David Icke renowned conspiracy researcher, has written volumes tying it all together. The UFO stuff, along with globalism, along with national politics, along with everything, the everything of everything. Yeah. David Icke is a master dot connector. He was a big part of my His awakening. last name is I-C-K-E, and a lot of people don't know how to pronounce his name, but I've seen many of his videos. He pronounces it Icke. I'm good with that. So. He was. He had a lecture tour set up for Australia, and when and days before he was set to go, it was all promoted. Tickets were sold. He had sellout crowds. He's popular among people who do this research, people who want the truth, and not just mainstream lies and cover and government cover-ups. This one politician got him banned from entering the country because, among other things, he say. And this sounds a little whack if you don't read the whole, if you don't see all the dots and how they connect. But anybody who's researched the topic understands that human origins go back to alien hybridization and bioengineering at the genetic level. And that totalitarian governments themselves trace their roots back to reptilian aliens. I'm not making this up. I couldn't make this up, okay? I didn't make it up. There's research that he brings out that corroborates all this. So don't just trust me, go go to some reading. Don't just say, ah, it's balderdash. Do some reading and, and reach an informed decision. You may still disagree, and that's fine. But there's compelling evidence, as far as I'm concerned, that these people really are pedophiles. By these people, I mean the globalists. They yeah. are groups of families who trace ancient lineages back to off-worlders who, as a race, hate humans and want the worst for us. They're our enemies. I didn't invent this. And that the government of Australia, as a former British colony is seeded with these 
evil overlords, the descendants of evil overlords who still do rituals that include drinking the blood of highly adrenalated youth and children and babies yeah. because the adrenochrome chemical mm -hmm. in that adrenalated blood is elixir to them, elixir of life. The more scared the child is, the better. You know what's up. That's yeah, exactly you what's know happening. what's up that's for exactly, sure. That's exactly what's happening. It's, that's why they're pushing the abortion to, to be legal at nine months because they want the more developed baby mm -hmm. because for some reason this is more appetizing in whatever way you want to look at it energetically physically and then you look at the epstein stuff that's come out and it's all this pedophilia and disney child trafficking yeah. disney it's all and when i out. heard epstein was had killed himself was suicide in his jail cell <laughs> i went no one you know, there's there's a headline that screamed bs yeah yes yeah. okay so within hours yeah. of that news it red-pilled everyone. <laughs> Within hours of that news, I, I mean, just a few hours of that news. In fact, I think even before the news broke, as I recall, someone alternative, of course, some alternative source had published a tweet, which was rapidly taken down and therefore impossible to substantiate as far as I know. Okay, so I, that's a big caveat. I can't substantiate it. But for better or for worse, I saw it in print and, and you you can't believe everything you see online, obviously. But somebody purporting to work inside the jail said that overnight before the corpse was discovered, a medical wagon showed up at a side entrance and a wheelchair came off and people were switched. Oh, I've heard Basically, that. Epstein was taken out, a body double was put in, and the body double was murdered. I mean, how else can you explain it? And, exactly and, and why would that happen? Who, who would do such a thing? Well, Epstein would do it. Epstein the billionaire would do it to save his life. And the Clintons would do it to save their reputations and to keep Epstein from ever testifying. When yeah. we, if the people generally believe he's dead, if people generally think, well, he's dead, either suicide or murder. See, here's how, here's how deception really works. Here's how, this, <laughs> here's how the government programs work. They deny, ridicule, discredit, okay, and distract. Yeah. So while people are yeah. busy arguing, was it murder or suicide, it wasn't Epstein. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't him. It was somebody yeah. else. So at that level, I mean, although I care as a human being about other people's deaths, whether they were murder or suicide, you know, especially under mysterious circumstances and when linked to a high-profile cat like Jeffrey Epstein, at another level, it's like, well, if he's just some body double, who really cares if it was murder or suicide? Although, you know, it does tie into the whole story that somebody's protecting him and protecting themselves. It makes perfect sense in that narrative. But it's conjecture. It's a, it's a theory. That is a real conspiracy theory. We'll probably never know the facts. The CIA grooms body doubles. I, I spent an hour and a half watching something I never thought I would watch. And I was a Beatles fan, a diehard Beatlemaniac in the day. Many people have heard the rumor, the allegation, Paul is dead, meaning Paul McCartney. I mean, no disrespect to the man living today known as Paul McCartney. Isn't he still alive, Sir Paul? Yeah. Isn't he the last analogy, living Beatle? Right? I, I, the last living, yeah. the last Beatle well, standing? It, no, Ringo's still alive, isn't he? I yeah. think him and Ringo are both still alive. In any event, the, the narrative here is that 
the Beatles in 1965 had a look-alike contest for Paul McCartney and that the CIA or, or perhaps MI5, MI6 in England or both culled very good body doubles of Paul McCartney because by 1965, Paul McCartney was being recognized as the leader of the Beatles, although the Beatles might not have said so. When you look at interviews, the interviewers are directing their questions directly to Paul, not any of the other Beatles. Oh, yeah. And all of the Beatles were writing and singing, well, Paul, the, the, the songwriting team of Lennon and McCartney were writing love songs by and large, not protest songs. Mm-hmm. love songs poppy peppy and sometimes very heart-wrenching love songs they were preaching peace and love and more and more loudly and that the cia wanted none of this in the united states so that after the seattle concert in the united states 19 i want to say 1966 the summer of 1966 Sometime between that concert, which people who analyze this say was the real Paul McCartney, by, his, by the next interviews in LA, so after Seattle, they, the group flew down to LA and conducted some interviews for shows. They said, this was not the real Paul McCartney anymore. And it looked like whoever this person was, was wearing facial prosthetics even, bad ones. Really? And then if you really start looking at, if you immerse yourself for an hour and a half, with a montage of side-by-side images of real Paul and false Paul called Fall, F-A-U-L. <laughs> if you look at these side-by-side, it took me a long time too, but after an hour and a half, I'm like, I definitely see the difference. These guys' heads aren't the same shape. Their ears aren't the same. The distance between their nose and eyes isn't the same. And they're, here I'm being mes- metaphysical, their aura. And I really kind of don't like that word, but it's in this case, it's apt and descriptive. Yeah. Their auras, their personalities were not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had this, this is not the same person. And I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, and I'm not saying that the man we know today as Paul McCartney is not a Mozart. He's gifted. This guy's gifted. And he was picked by the CIA because he was a gifted musician. And when you look into this story, you can see, and at one level, it's like, well, so what if the real Paul McCartney died and the CIA put in a body double and this guy got rich instead of the real Paul McCartney? And and the reason why I care is because a fraud was committed. The fleece was pulled over the public's eyes. Why? To stop peace. Mm-hmm. And then John Lennon gunned down outside his apartment building by a crazed gunman. Oh, come on. Yeah. It was yeah. a CIA kill. He yeah. had to be taken yeah. out. Too we much peace, too much love. And look at, at history since then. You kill, you kill enough people. You kill JFK Jr., Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy. Yeah. You kill, uh, get Malcolm X out of the way. You get Martin Luther King, John Lennon out of the way, and on and on. I mean, even uh, we could stretch it out to Mama Cass, yeah. who allegedly choked on a ham sandwich, 
and other pop stars of the psychedelic 60s who died at age 27. There's a whole thing about that. They, they all died at age 27. It's really weird. And of, and of yeah, alleged drug perfect. overdoses. Some of them probably were drug overdoses, but maybe some of them weren't that we'll never know for sure. Yeah. But when you start having an, a, I, I guess I could call it a conspiratorial mindset. It sounds a little paranoid, but just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But if you start to be analytical about headlines presented as factual, we've always assumed the news is factual. And when David Brinkley <laughs> yeah. and Walter Cronkite read the news, it probably was. Back but then, now yeah. when you see these videos where enterprising people have stitched together thousands, literally hundreds, if not thousands of news broadcasters covering the same story, mm -hmm, reading seen. from the same script. Word for word. We Damn. know that Murdoch, the Murdoch empire controls its six or nine broadcasting corporations from which all other news comes in the United States, yep. mainstream news, right? Yep. So Murdoch is the controller and the scripts are sent out and the talking heads read from the scripts. And when you stitch them together, it's hilarious, but it's also disturbing <laughs> to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, there's disturbing. videos on YouTube you can watch. Yeah, yeah. Because that's propaganda, people. It's absolutely propaganda. It's absolutely. Yeah, that's all the news is now. That's all it is, is it's propaganda. So yeah. uh, quickly, I'd like to, we're going to start wrapping it up here shortly. Uh, but I'd like to get your take. Because I could talk all night. I could just. Absolutely. We could. <laughs> we could too. You need yeah. your own show, which I believe we can manifest. <laughs> uh, it, it's actually manifesting. I didn't want to talk too much about it, but I'm, I've been offered a show and I've accepted a show and I'm concepting a show and I hope very soon to have a show. Very, nice. very cool. Exciting. Awesome. Awesome. On the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. Ooh, I like that. So go ahead and check out the network if you want to. Absolutely. And I hope to join that fine company of truth tellers, truth seekers and truth tellers, because we all learn from each other. That's what I love about what we do. Yes. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. And I, I, I think, I mean, clearly anybody who's listening to this knows that you have, you have what it takes to, to host your own show. Uh, you're, you're, full, you're full of information. I'm just wondering if two hours will be enough. <laughs> well, if you get to do it every week, no. I mean, it's yeah. actually going to be a show that isn't all about me. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say. I, I was, when I started broadcasting, I was helped by others with more experience who wanted to help promote those less strong voices. I don't like the word weaker, but less amplified voices. I was given a chance, even on the promise of a book. I was on radio shows with the promise of a book called the top 10 US UFO cases, unknown objects. That's faith, people. And I have faith in, in our viewers that you are intelligent, you are intuitive. From me, you are loved. So go forth and love each other as you quest for truth. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. 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 So Thank you. 
really quick, I wanna uh, wrap this up, but I wanna know, so uh, last week we had a movie night here in St. Louis for everybody listening, we had a movie night, we showed The Cosmic Secret, it was free. Uh, we had, what What do you think, 40 people? 40, maybe? 40, 50? Yeah, 40, yeah. 50 people. Uh, it was a good turnout for this group. I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to hear your thoughts on, for one, the movie night itself, and for two, the movie, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Well, first, let's promote the group. It's called Coasties. Yes. And you and talk a little bit about our organizer, please. You oh. know more about her, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so Ginger Ruth, if you're listening, which you may be, I'll I'll call her and tell her listen. Uh, Hi, Ginger. Yeah. What's up, Ginger? <laughs> Ginger. So she put this group together years ago. It started off as people who listened to Coast to Coast AM radio with our bell. It was fans of Coast to Coast. And the Coasties were the fans, and they got together and talked about conspiracy theories. Well, it's evolved into, it really doesn't have anything to do with that anymore, but it's just a, a, a group of truthers, I guess you can call them, get together uh, once a month, and we discuss all of this stuff, all of these topics. We have different presenters, and Ginger hosts a group, and she's doing a great job at, at keeping it going. And she is, uh, I think she's doing a great job. So. I do too. Yeah. So one thing that Aaron and Tyler helped with was putting this movie night together at the monthly meeting. And it was, the event was well attended, in my opinion, not only because you guys rock and the group rocks, but because it was a potluck. There's nothing like food to bring people together. Okay. Yes, and the food was great. Absolutely. The food and fellowship. Yeah. Yes. What What's not to like, right? Yeah. And then a movie. And I have to tell you, I was skeptical about the movie. I thought, well, it's going to be a bore, or it's going to talk down, or it's going to talk around. But I was pleasantly surprised, very pleasantly surprised, with the quality of the production and the information that was presented and the way the information was presented. I recommend everybody watch this film. Please yeah. say the title again. The Cosmic Secret. The Cosmic, Cosmic Secret. Secret. And it's a co-production of Corey Good and David Wilcock. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, Features and them. Has Dr. Michael Sala. Has some other people that I've been following. John D'Souza. But as one of our attendees pointed out, just because people say something is true on the film doesn't mean that it's true. It may be true people. as far as they know, or it may not reach your own conclusions yeah. do your own research it's always, very important always 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 absolutely and if at the very least it gets you to think and do do the research it gets you to do that it motivates you to do that because you're like okay well if there's something to this surely i can get online and find something about it and you're gonna get sucked down some rabbit hole if you do that so so this big secret it's always the same and I, and I, at the risk of blowing it for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> the idea is that human beings are in our essences eternal and immortal, mm -hmm. and that we are embodied in, in, in bodies. <laughs> we, we are incarnated into bodies for convenience so that we can act out and operate on a material plane such as Earth's. And these material planes, such as Earth's, have physical properties such as mag magnetic poles, oceans, just phenomena, okay? So to some extent, we may choose to incarnate somewhere. To some extent, maybe not so much. This is complicated, and I don't want to get into the 
the intricacies of it. But basically, we're all star seeds. We're all cosmic beings of an eternal, timeless nature. And when we come into bodies, we have a great forgetting. We don't remember where we came from. It's kind of a joke. And we spend our lifetimes trying to remember who we are cosmically or not just having fun or Buddha was saying we people learn through joy or suffering. So very early in life, humans tend to pick their path, their emotional disposition. Of course, life circumstances can change a sunny disposition and make it dark. When bad things happen to good people, yeah. it can change yeah. a person. And the opposite is also true. When good things happen to people who've been very pessimistic, they will do a complete reversal and all of a sudden become very charitable and open-hearted. So I discount nothing. My point being that we as eternal beings on earth were bioengineered by another race or races. There may be several experiments going on right now, experiments that last thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. So to us as human beings, we can't, it's, it's almost beyond our perception. The way that imagining what a $1 trillion bills really looks like is very hard for a lot of people to imagine. But if you stack them all up, you'd have a, a, a city full of skyscrapers full of $1 bills. There's a website that shows this, which I recommend if you have trouble imagining quantities, which I do, a million, a billion, a trillion. Where these eternal beings in physical bodies, our true nature is light and love. The nature of the universe is love and compassion. But there are dark forces at play. There's an eternal conflict between light and dark, up and down, left and right, in and out, as in expansion and contraction, good and evil. And that everything we saw in Star Trek and Star Wars is basically true. Mm -hmm that war is going on right now, cosmic war is going on right now, and that Earth has a, a role to play in this cosmic war. You can take it as deep as you want, but the solution to Earth's problems is to expand consciousness and start cooperating more, listen better, agree more, cooperate more, put Mother Earth first, not last. Yes. And many, almost every one of our viewers is already doing that. Bless your hearts and namaste because it is people like you, people like us who care about Mother Earth first and foremost, not last. When you start to change your consciousness and think about global implication and not just global implication, solar system implication, Cosmic. And beyond, cosmic, universal implication. Everything shifts. Your, your attitude shifts and changes. I'm think, it makes me think about the Reagan speeches. He gave six speeches about what if some force greater than the earth made us all come together. And, you know. great, great Reagan impression, yeah. by the way. Yeah, you know, and it's like, what? Well, he was briefed. He was briefed on UFOs. That's oh, my yeah. take on it. I just, I just There's no the question briefing. in my mind that he was briefed on UFOs. The briefing some presidents actually, are, some presidents aren't. It's yeah. actually, but, uh, Gene, the briefing is publicly available and you can read it, actually. 
take it from and me. I have yeah, I have okay. I and, and everybody who with an interest should why yeah. wouldn't you you know the CIA has declassified all kinds of UFO documentation the black vault mm -hmm. website is very good at making sense of all that the CIA is counting on the fact that w when we release a million documents or a million pages of documentation thousands of documents nobody's going to read them and if because there's a lot of it's hard to find the the pearls and all those oysters yeah, yeah, right yeah. <laughs> the wheat right. amongst all that rough. chaff so again dedicated researchers are reading these documents and then issuing freedom of information act requests yeah. foia requests FOIA. to get more information but because those are so devilish and you have to word your questioning just right if you don't word it just exactly the same word for word basically if it doesn't give a database match exactly word for word the FOIA people come back and they say uh, we're not giving you anything so you have to rewrite it and ask them again and sometimes it takes 10, 10 attempts to get some meaningful information that you wanted from the first attempt Right. And these people are stalwart. They will not be stopped. And if you, and so when people say to me, there's no proof, honey, there's plenty of proof. Okay. <laughs> Just go looking for it. Of proof. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. an embarrassment of riches. It, yeah. it is. Oh, I love that turn of phrase. And that's what I love about you guys. You have the energy of youth and the optimism of next generations that's what the earth needs well thank yes, you thank you it's important to be an old wise guy or gal and many uh, many cultures outside the united states and the west do hold dear their ancestors but the future lies in your hands that's why i'm being really nice to you guys you're gonna <laughs> we want to leave leave a legacy of optimism yeah. and hope Yes. yes. Not darkness and despair. Absolutely. Am I right? Yes. 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 So Amen. with that, we're so going to So bless your hearts too. You guys are rocking the world with Journey to Truth. Everybody needs to subscribe to your YouTube channel and ask to be on the show. I bet you'll get a yes. We and, yeah. and we, <laughs> we do have people reach out to us and and likely it is yes if you know unless I mean, some we, nut reaches out but <laughs> Well, yeah. that's for you, you guys to decide. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank and you they so didn't much. tell me to say that. So, no, thank you so much. Yeah, we, we paid her to say that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on. This has been incredible. We could talk for three more hours. I'm certain of that. But we don't have time and I have to pee. So, <laughs> oh, TMI. But <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. That in. Uh, everybody, go <laughs> check out Jean's book. She has a website. I think it's www. Uh, that lightworker one one one. Hold on, hold on. I write as lightworker one one one. My pen name. Okay. Pseudonym. My website is lightwork one one one. I know it's confusing, okay. but www.lightwork111.com or email me Jean J E A N at lightwork one 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 dot com. I want to feel your love. Absolutely. So everybody go do that if you're interested in her work. Uh, thanks for listening. Check us out on all the other platforms. And if you enjoyed any of this, please consider subscribing. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the bell. Make sure you get notified. Uh, like the video and please leave a comment because your feedback does matter. Everyone go buy this book.
Unknown buy objects. Gene's book on Amazon or whatever else it's on. Yeah. Is it just Amazon? It's on Amazon. Okay. In print. And if you're in the St. Louis area, contact me and I'd be happy to sign your book. There you go. Yeah. It's also Kindle. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's a free read, people. There you go. There you go. There you go. Read more, itch bay less. <laughs> Eat ray more, itch bay less. There you go. Read my lips. It's pig Latin. <laughs> All righty. Well, good night. There. Good night. Thank you for coming on. And everybody who's watching or listening, thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. And thank you, guys. Good night. Take care. Good night. You too. And boom. <laughs>